live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great Monday to each and every one of you. I hope you had a great weekend. It's good to be with you, albeit from the house one more time, maybe two more times. We'll be back in studio this week. We're, we're on the mend, and it's good to be with you again. Hope you had a great weekend. As I said, good Monday, everybody. Welcome in. I'm Jeff. Tom will be along shortly from his abode, and uh, you're you. You're listening and or watching, and we appreciate that. Thanks for doing so on 93.3 Real Talk Radio, as well as War Chant TV. Don't forget that if you are, in fact, watching on War Chant TV, to like and subscribe and share, send past love, do all the stuff, you know, the things that's uh, necessary to help promote things that you like and help us out all at the same time. We appreciate it. Good to be with you. I'm on the, uh, I think, right side of... Um, of the COVID situation here, getting more energy by the day, starting to feel a little bit, a little bit better. So away we go. Hopefully uh, I'll be back in full force by Wednesday in studio. That's neither here nor there. Let's put that on the back burner and move on. Welcome into link Jarrett. You guys probably saw the press conference course. I would invite you to go to warchant.com to find all that information. You can watch the video on Warchant TV. You can find it there on YouTube. You can find it on our website, warchant.com. Link Jared, as you can imagine, very excited, ready to get down to business and get to work and trying to win a national championship. And um, didn't say anything that surprised me there, uh, at least in terms of uh, him returning home and and wanting to be here. I liked reading. Uh, I had to I had to be here at the house, so I had to watch from afar. But, you know, him talking about the first time he talked to Mike Alford, talked to the university leadership team is what I think he said, um, that it became a very easy decision for him to come home and then um, talked about wanting to win that national championship. And, and that's the way it should have been. It should have been smooth. The transition should be easy, especially at a place that you desire to be at anyhow. Uh, and, and a guy that of course has such a storied history here, all that's left is for him to come home and get this thing moving in the right direction. We hope that he does. Interesting sidebar. I've got another college baseball note for you that has uh, maybe somewhat to do with Florida state, maybe a little bit less uh, directly just in terms of where this thing is headed. And I'm glad that the, the transition occurred when it did, because you're starting to see some funny numbers out there in the world of, uh, of college baseball. And, uh, and, and so because of that, I think you, um, you realize that uh, monetarily, timing, all those things, it worked out well for, for Florida State. I'll, I'll touch on it in a bit. Also, big weekend for Florida State in the world of recruiting on the offensive line. And if you know anything about me and you know when we do talk about recruiting, it has to be usually something to do in the trenches or it has to be a significant story like it was with Travis Hunter or something like that on signing day. So to see over the weekend that Florida State 
has a big man recruiting weekend that pays dividends. That's good news. Roderick Kearney, uh, four-star offensive lineman from Orange Park High School, announcing that he is committed to Florida State. And uh, you could say, Laura, that's a big man, and that would be accurate. You know, here's the thing. When you look at that young man, he looks the part, doesn't he? I'll welcome in Tom now. Doesn't he look the part? I know you you had an opportunity to, to talk with Michael Langston last night um, at the, during the Sunday Smash. I was asleep, <laughs> so as I have been a lot lately. Um, yeah, this that's a big get. That's a big get for – I love offensive linemen. You know that. But that that's a big get for Florida State. No, it is, uh, and I apologize for being in an unusual setting. I'll get back to my uh, headquarters in a moment. Technology, man, technology is a heck of a thing. Uh, but I talked to both Aslan and Michael yesterday about this particular player because they were over in Orange Park, and they had a one-on-one interview with Roderick Kearney in May. Uh, and they interviewed him. They watched him go through a personal workout, and then, obviously, Michael's been talking to him subsequently. And Kearney was on campus uh, last week. It was a surprise visit, and he said that he wanted to get to town to be able to see the coaches unfiltered and see if they're consistent in how they approach everything. And, and they don't put on a face when a recruit comes to town. And that was one of the themes this weekend from the eight official visitors and Kearney's commitment story and the quotes were that these guys are just consistent every day. And, and, you know, Mike Norvell prides himself on that, on making sure that he's the same guy after you sign as he was when you're recruiting, he's going to tell you no BS. And this player is not only athletically, much closer to what we want to get to, if not exactly what we want to get to from an offensive line standpoint, but he's got the mindset about working hard and earning all of it. So he fits, culturally speaking, you're not taking a risk on this type of player uh, and this type of citizen in your locker room. This is uh, one of the better offensive linemen, Michael Langston put it, in the entirety of the Southeast. And we beat out Florida to get him. And the best part was, buddy, he was wrapping up his official visit in Gainesville as he committed. He wasn't even home. I don't even know if he had touched 75 from Gainesville yet before he said, nah, this ain't for me. Tallahassee's for me. So that's great. Yeah, it is great. It was a tough weekend for the University of Florida in the world of recruiting. Uh, and so already some folks down there, I mean, if we might indulge in a little schadenfreude to start the day or start the week, it's never a bad thing. Beginning to ask questions about Billy Napier. Hey, you hate to see it. Um, but but I, but I will say this. Uh, there's a lot of weirdness to what's going on in recruiting right now every day. There's another story that you're like, is that real? I don't know what to believe anymore. Well, we got a quarterback taking nine and a half million dollars, maybe. Maybe that's happened for the kid going to Miami. I don't know if that – that doesn't even sound plausible. But, you know, we'll get to that story. I'll make reference to it. It's out there right now. I, I don't know. I, I'd almost I, – I'd hesitate to say this, Tom. And I understand we want to win and we have to recruit good players. But if you told me we had to pay nine or ten million dollars for a quarterback – that wasn't named Arch Manning. Yeah, I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm doing it. I don't think well, I'm doing that. Even if he is named Arch Manning, unless you address the trenches, you know, I'd rather spend the ten million dollars on the line before I spend ten million and not be spread across five dudes before I'd ever want to spend that kind of coin on a quarterback. Well, especially, especially at this level, it's not like Eli Manning was winning national championships and Peyton didn't even do it. But it's not like Eli Manning was. So if you have you get somebody who's more Eli than Peyton, what are you really earning? Uh, a 10-win season, and is that worth $10 million? Hell no, it's not. So you well, no way. No, but, but what I would say about it, the reason that you would pay for Arch Manning is you'd get it back in all of the ancillary stuff. You know, yeah, like you'd yeah. get all, all the, you know, that's the only reason. And I'm going to guess that the kid doesn't suck. Uh, it's just a, just a <laughs> hunch that that kid probably can play a little bit. But, I mean, 
everything else feels like a bit of a crapshoot. I, I don't know, man. Uh, especially, uh, anyhow, I, hey, we're not the ones right now, but I, I, it's just, it's fascinating. Also, what's fascinating behind that is sort of the he said, she said nature of that uh, supposed negotiation. I, I, there's, there are bizarre things to look into. And, and, of course, that's nothing new in the world of college football currently and the world of college football recruiting especially uh, is bizarre. Day-to-day, you don't know what to believe. You don't know what numbers are real and what numbers are not real. Sure, I get a good idea that out west with, at Southern Cal uh, right now, some, the, the money's flowing and, and they have opportunities in the way of NIL that most places don't have. And maybe Miami does to a certain extent, although to see Ruiz and others say, eh, I don't know about all that. We, we you know, a lot of the stuff that you're hearing, you, you just, it's just bizarre. Um, so that said, uh, move it along. I'll get to that story in a bit. But do you realize as we sit here today, and first of all, welcome Link Jarrett. Good to have you in town. Good to see you again. Been a long, long time. Uh, that uh, that I've seen you, and I didn't see him today in person as I was not there. I don't want to mislead, but, it, you know, obviously he was here in Tallahassee. Uh, last time that uh, I saw that was, of course, when they were here playing Florida State, but as, a, as, as now somebody who's aligned with the Knowles, the last time was, of course, all those many moons ago in which I was doing homework down the third baseline when he was out there. And that's how long it's been since he was on our side of things in Tallahassee, which is exciting, very exciting. What was the seating like in those days? Was it bleachers? The stadium was smaller. The stadium was smaller. And um, uh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't much. Those bleachers out there have been out there for a long, long time, if I mm-hmm. recall. That, that hasn't changed much. The, con- the main concourse is what got extended, extended out uh, much further. Um, yeah, everything about that place, which was charming and beautiful and ahead of its time, is now antiquated, dilapidated, and sorry. And hopefully uh, the impetus to see change over there is is in place. There's no doubt that he was intense throughout his press conference today. Um, you can tell what it's going to be. Just a small window, but you can tell what it's going to be like to be in a clubhouse with that particular head coach before a game starts. I don't think there's going to be a lot of bombast in the way he delivers messages. I think it's about thinking through precisely what he wants to say. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a Jimbo Fisher thing where you're like, eh, eh, and there's like 50 words, and then you change your plan, and you go around from A to B. He is a thoughtful dude. Uh, when he was asked questions by the media today for the better part of 20 minutes, he would pause, reflect on how he wanted to answer a question, and then answer it directly. Uh, I just like the that he has a quiet intensity, but it is something that, you, you take notice of within 30 seconds of either a statement he's making or a question he is answering. Yeah. Well, so it's important in this day and age of, uh, and this is just true. And I sound a little bit uh, like Jimbo talking about society, but he was kind of guilty of this too. And still is um, where, where there is a lot of surface level uh, distractions and nonsense. Um, you, you want people who are direct and uh, who take the time to, to think uh, things through and to communicate clearly uh, and positively and forcibly, uh, sternly if necessary. Um, I, I, I think we see too little of it now. Uh, there, there is an awful lot of uh, sort of pompacity and grandiosity and nonsense that, that occurs. Uh, I don't, I, you, you also have to be who you are. Uh, and I think that's the biggest thing here is that uh, you don't try to, to be over the top for the sake of being over the top or understated for the sake of being understated. Even Uh, I think you have to be exactly who you are. And he was an intense player. Um, You know, he, he is, he's a, a focused uh, disciplined player. 
So I think his teams are focused and disciplined. You see that with the numbers in terms of defensive and everything else about the way his teams play seem to reflect that of the coach. Uh, he's not only a guy that we wanted, he's a guy at the right time because much of what Florida State was built on, especially while he was here and he talked about playing for the greatest coach of all time and all of that, much of what he uh, was certainly instilled here, um, you know, first of all, Jeff Hogan was a great coach and is a great coach. Jeff Hogan has uh, taken some time with my oldest son before, and, and I've been around him. I'm friends with his son, Judd. Jeff Hogan's a Hall of Famer at FSU, by the way, two sports, I might add. Uh, he To listen to him and to talk baseball with him uh, is, is sheer joy. Um, so when you think that Link played for him and learned under him before getting to Mike Martin, that's a big deal. To, you think about his – his teachers, his coaches, and what he learned. Well, if you think about what they instilled and what they taught and what they preached, uh, it's been missing from Florida State baseball. It's been missing from Florida State baseball for some time. Uh, that's not a disciplined group. That's not a group that is focused. That's not a group that plays together and plays hard and plays smart and runs the bases well and picks up the baseball and does things to give themselves the best possible position or put themselves in the best possible position to win a baseball game. Uh, they, they, they seemed uh, completely uh, – convoluted, uncertain, um, uncommunicative. There were so many things about Florida State baseball that seemed to have strayed from its core. So you bring in as a guy you want, is a guy that you were hoping to bring in, a guy that has rich history here and a guy that has obviously been uh, a, 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 a champion for Florida State baseball for a long time. But not only is, does it work from that standpoint, but his messaging, his focus, and his, I guess, modus operandi is something that Florida State desperately needs right now. So I welcomed that. That was nice. Understated and focused and stern and direct is uh, sorely needed right about now. And I think Florida State really needed it right about now. So we uh, we championed out that. That was really, really cool. Um, I've, I was happy to see it. So uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I haven't been this pumped up about Florida State baseball in a while. So I am really excited, and we'll, we'll see what goes from here. It's going to be interesting. One of the things I thought was interesting as well was some of the players that were in attendance at this press conference. Um, Aslan noted in our uh, inter-office, intra-office uh, chain that uh, Ferrer, Tibbs, and Carrion were there in attendance. Those are important players that I don't know if they would have been here if it was the status quo. And we had another year of Mike Martin Jr. So that's important. And the other thing I, I found interesting, either it's because these players are just really good or he's doing it because of, uh, you know, keeping our word. But Link said to, and he spoke generally, of course, not to get himself in trouble, but to recruits who have committed to Florida State, he's going to honor the commitment. You know, this a lot of hard work was done by his predecessors to get good talent here. And if you committed to Florida State, Florida State remains committed to you. That's not always the case when a new coach comes in. You know, they might assess things and say, well, Jeff Sims, you don't fit what we want to do here at quarterback. So you can come, but you might find uh, more use somewhere else. You might get more out of your college career. I found it interesting that Link said, from a blanket statement standpoint, come on down, everybody. We're going to honor your commitment. I also think, objectively speaking, we did a good job of recruiting before uh, this, this change happened. It's just the development was not there. The recruiting was, though. The, that's a very good point. It's, it's important to note that um, Mike Martin Jr. did a good job of recruiting. There are good players on this team, lots of them. It's in a weird way uh, why there was a need to speed up the timeline. 
because you had an awful lot of good players whose talents seemed to be um, perhaps going to waste, whose focus seemed to be waning, and whose potential for transfer was very real. So, yes, um, you make the move so that you can not only uh, secure uh, their returning um, to the baseball field for you at Florida State, but also I don't think you worry as much about those players that had committed because, again, as you noted, we were bringing in a lot of talent. We were bringing in a lot of talent, so it's probably safe to assume that that's true. Um, yeah, really, really, really happy about that. Should note really quick before we take a quick break, take a breath, gather ourselves, move forward, some more football talk here in a second. If you're still trying to get that pool in shape, what are you waiting for? It's uh, hot as hell outside. Summer is here. Your family is expecting to see a backyard paradise. Get with it. No green, yellow pollen, none of that nastiness collection of who knows what in the corner of your pools. You'll need help, and you need it fast, needless, needless to say. Uh, calling Terry's Pool Service will save your pool. Check them out, terryspools.net, or you can give them a call today, 850-580-7334. You never know when you'll need them. That's 850-580-7334. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, and War Chant TV continues in a moment. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show is a production of the warchant.com multimedia network check out warchant.com today for the latest news inside florida state athletics that's warchant.com now back to jeff on real talk 93.3 good buddy everybody appreciate you joining us i'm jeff that is tom director matthew in the house hope you had a good weekend and that this week if you think about it too get underway this week it's what june 27th man tom it happened buddy the month of july starts this week that's it baby the month of july starts this week now i don't want to say we've pulled you across the finish line but you can see it from here i know at the end of this week you begin vacation I'll take a couple of days here and there intermittently. Not sure what we're going to do in the Cameron household. Probably take it to the beach a few times. But the point is everybody's kind of like just going through wrapping things up because it's time to tidy the house and get ready when you get back, obviously, and when everybody gets back from their respective vacations to lock it in, baby, because football is about to be here. Quite literally is about to be here, uh, given the fact that, Florida State starts practice in July. The ACC kickoff is in July. Obviously, first game is in August this year for Florida State. So, it's, uh, man, here we go. I get pumped, man. I, I don't want to – normally I don't like to – I've tried to get better as I've gotten older. 
appreciating even the deader periods, especially the dead periods, because once football starts, those of us who work in the football business work every single day of the week. <laughs> so then it's, it's okay. It's a labor of love. I don't mean it as a lament, but you don't have a lot of time to yourself. So when you do, you say, okay, well, I'm going to try to embrace this and not long for football to get here. But that doesn't work either. Because the truth is, and this is the best part about my job and probably the best part about what I've learned in my job, because I know a lot of people who've worked in sports and various types of sports industries who got burned out on the sport it was that led them to that job to begin with. Their passion to, to take on a job like that became a thing where then they finally got it and then they're working in it and eventually they resented it. And you know, the truth is that doesn't happen. Because by the t not for me, because by the time we get to this stage, late June, early July, I'm already flipping the page. I am ready to go. I can't wait for the upcoming season, especially one that carries so many questions and so many storylines and so many, I think, revelatory moments along the way that we can see it. We know now, like, you're going to get answers. You're, the, last year wasn't a season where you could clearly get answers. The year before, definitely not. But you're going to get some answers, and we hope they're the ones we want. But the questions that we've all been asking, this is a season where some of them will be answered, hopefully more to the positive than negative. But either way, we're going to know. We're going to know a lot about where we're at, where this coaching staff's at, what changes are necessary, if any, what is going to happen for Florida State in the next two to three years. A lot of that will be seen or will be help will help be crystallized through this upcoming season. So I can't get here soon enough. I know, I know we got the, again, a little bit of vacation time coming, but man, I'm ready to go. Yeah. I'd say that, you know, just looking at different position groups and, and, you know, our assignments that we'll have during practice and what we're going to hone in on. I, I look at almost every single position group and there's at least a player, if not in the case of like the offensive line, maybe seven or eight players that I can't wait to go see every day in practice. This is where access has me fired up in a way that, I don't know that I would have been, even for a transitional year under Jimbo or Willie. It's like we have the privilege of getting to go watch all of these practices, every minute of them outside of scrimmages, and learn and, and have that context about what it is that we'll see on Saturdays and what everybody is going to be able to take in on Saturdays. Like, for example, on defense, Dennis Briggs. I look forward to seeing him participate in practice more. I want to see what the body type looks like what the skill set looks like and how he fits into that rotation because Derek McClendon did a lot of good work in spring. We think Jared Versus is going to be on one side. Leonard Warner is another player at edge. But that's a big-time player, Dennis Briggs, that's got to be up to speed and ready to go. You can't get nothing out of him. He can add to what this defense is going to be all about. I want to see on the offensive line all the freshmen. I've got to see those kids. Demetri Emanuel I want to see. Uh, Turnitine I want to see as well. I, I, just, I look forward to watching the trenches. And then on the back end of the defense, what does AZ Thomas look like after a full summer in the strength and conditioning program? He already turned heads in spring. Consistency is the key when you're young. You're going to get promoted up the ranks if you're consistent. So does he carry the momentum from spring camp? And I'm leaving off like four or five position groups that have players that I can't wait to go out there and see. I'm with you. I've already turned the page mentally. I'm looking forward to it. And obviously, we are going to have some answers before the season even kicks off against Duquesne. But I think it's also really important that you not only that you get a tune-up for LSU, but also for evaluation of the roster purposes, the two-deep. Like, whatever the two-deep is for the first week of the year against Duquesne, that's one thing. What does it say the Monday after Duquesne? It's almost like you get an extra scrimmage in there 
to evaluate what you have and maybe sort out some 50-50 battles. It should be a really fun month upcoming. Yeah, and it's funny because I'm noticing a trend of optimism, and I think that's natural as you move towards the start of a football season to become more optimistic. Nobody likes to walk into a football season at the bottom of their expectations. <laughs> you, that typically happens after a couple of results that don't go your way. But typically, most people do want to be encouraged as they walk into a start of a season, even the eternally pessimistic as opposed to the eternally optimistic. Even those that are extremely pessimistic – have high hopes that some of the things that they're worried about won't play out in the way that they're worried about. But I will say, I think that the, the, the energy right now, not that it matters because players got to go practice and get better and play and coaches got to coach and improve those players and game plans have to be put together. And those at the end of the day will have much more to do with the outcomes than any sort of energy the fans are giving off at any given point of the offseason. I understand all of that. And it is the time in which we talk in grand platitudes and fluff and all that stuff. But at the same time, I do feel a sense of, I think positive momentum in that people believe the team is better. We believe the team is better. It's the degree to which they're better that is maybe open for debate, and that can't be answered until we actually start the practices and start the season. But you're right. There are some guys that showed up in the spring that gave you reason for that optimism, and guys that showed up in the spring that executed and played well and got a little better every day. And now what you wonder is how much better are they from the end of those spring practices to the start of these fall practices? And you can't know that. We're, we're not out there. We don't see that. Their daily activities, I don't know how disciplined they've been. I'd like to believe very. I'd like to believe that a team that just finished sub 500 and desperately needs to see very real progress in the next year or so has worked their ass off. And I'm going to assume that they have. But you won't know until we get out there and we see what kind of good weight's been put on or bad weight's been lost and how uh, what kind of knowledge uh, players have that had perhaps the requisite athleticism. You bring up Azaria Thomas. Well, there's a guy that was silky smooth from day one, seemed to have a good feel for how things should work out there. A lot of freshmen come in and they're overwhelmed with just the machinations, the minute-to-minute uh, period to period uh, confusion that can occur when things are happening at warp speed, especially by way of comparison to high school football. But he's a guy that came in transition in that way where you're thinking, Oh man, he's, he's, this is none of this is too fast for him. None of this seems to be over his head. Plus the requisite athleticism was there. So what's he going to be now that he's had a little bit more time. Uh, Sam McCall is the same way. I, I think he's a little bit more herky jerky, a little bit more violent too, in a good way. But you know, if he has a firmer understanding of what they're asking them to do, then obviously you'd see that in the fall and you get excited because I think those are two guys that are athletically ready to play and play now. And uh, in a way, I, I I hope we see them play a lot of minutes. I mean, I, you know, there's no rule against freshmen coming in and having an impact their first year. Uh, it, it was it was kind of standard operating procedure when you were recruiting at a high level. Yeah, well, and it's something that out of necessity and development happened last year in the defensive backfield specifically. Kevin Knowles was a starter early on in the season, and by the end of the year, Amarian Cooper's your best corner. So the precedent is there for, for this coaching staff to allow for that to happen. They're not going to be afraid to put in a freshman if they believe that they've earned the time. The thing that I have to steal myself for is when we get to Charlotte and you have those questions about how did the summer go? You know, like how the workouts go and all that. No matter what situation this program has been in, dire championship level, defending or reigning national champion or otherwise, they always are the best they've ever been. 
So, like, just get ready for that when we go to Charlotte. Oh, you wouldn't believe how amazing these PRPs went. Everybody looks great. Quarterback looks sharp. The receivers are catching the ball. You know what? I think we might have a couple of hundred tackle guys on this team. Like, whatever you want to hear, you're going to hear about PRPs. But then once you get through that period of time of acclimation in camp and they put on the real pads, that's when you know if they've done the work in the summer workouts. And the thing was, for so many years, this is, again, where I get fired up. For so many years, you just have to go on the word of what players were telling you or coaches were telling you. I I just can't wait to see them sort it out on the field. And you feel the urgency. Like I feel the urgency that the coaches have because for the offensive line, for example, cross-training is always a big part of spring, no matter what position group you're in. They cross-trained a lot of guys. There were a lot of experiments. Darius Washington was the trial balloon in a lot of ways on the offensive line. Well, let's figure out who our five are. I saw that somebody commented. I think Briley put it up in, in a comment section. I agree. They've got to figure out who their five are. Can Caden Lyles be your starting center? You've got to learn these things really quickly. Where does Demetri Emanuel fit? It's just you, you feel that urgency, and by the time we get to five weeks from now, maybe six weeks from now, it might be a little too late, you should start to see a lot of these things take form, especially in the trenches. Yeah, I think I made a mistake in our top 40. Uh, I, I don't. You know, it's hard for me to rate uh, players that I have never seen play. It's very difficult when you're when you're putting together the, a list like that. You're you're very mindful. Everybody's top of mind that you watched in the in the spring that you watched last year play the season that you saw in practice that you've talked to that you know those guys are always going to be on your mind. You know, you know, you're starting 22, the 11 on offense, the 11 on defense, and you know their primary backups. Well, that almost gets you to 40 right there. You know, right off the bat, you're, and so it, unless you're talking about a transfer starting quarterback or a transfer starting running back, in the case of Trey Benson, it's hard to remember that you know you got to be mindful of the impact that a guy like Demetri Emanuel, who you just mentioned, could have. And I and I I suspect that me not paying close enough attention to those guys that I have not yet seen play that are transferring in and going to get their first opportunities this fall uh, was a mistake because I the more I think about it and the more people I talk to quite frankly about who he is a lot of people think that's a kid that could come in here and start and make a big difference for us he's played a ton of football and obviously Atkins knows him so you've got a grown man body because he has been lifting and eating and doing all those things for five years you know it's like that that could be a big impact. And more than anything else, I think we all know that that offensive line better be worlds better to ever get anywhere near nine wins. I mean, that, that, the bottom line is that group has to just be so much better. I remember being bitterly disappointed uh, last year thinking, yeah, they're not, they're better, but they're not a lot better at all. They were, they were, they weren't appreciably better. They just were kind of, we helped them out so well with scheme. And that's where Atkins, who's lauded on a daily basis around here, deserves all the credit in the world. And he, he got more credit again over the weekend. And I agree with a lot of people's sentiments right now that thank God for Atkins, because without him right now recruiting, we seem to be a lost cause. We have some coaches on the staff who are doing a terrible job of recruiting and he's not one of them. He's one of the guys that every time you turn around is making a huge impact and influencing guys to consider us, influencing guys to say yes to us, influence guys to even keep us in mind when they otherwise wouldn't. So that guy right now, rightfully, was elevated, given a raise, all those things. Man, can he also put together a group this year that we legitimately, week to week, say is good, is good. Wow, yeah. that'd, be, that'd be huge. 
and we've seen enough of the baseline of, of what they did in spring to know if there's improvement. Like I expect improvement. It's just uh, it's like an old question from uh, exams back in high school. To what extent? To what extent are they improved? They they already are going to be. You've got more able bodies to throw at the problem and to help insulate an injury or two as they happen over the course of the season. Hopefully, it's never long term. But you just feel better that the first guy that trots off the sidelines as somebody limps to the sideline is not going to be, you know, a lost cause. That that's that's where we're going here on the O line. The other thing I'd say too is, and I had to ask the question I did last night on Sunday Smash of Michael Langston. Because they had such a good weekend with eight official visitors in town, a couple of uh, running backs, linebacker, another offensive lineman who was not Roderick Kearney, who's a four-star prospect. Chris Parson was in town. It sounds like momentum is squarely on Florida State's side for the first time in months. And I asked Michael, I said, is this sunshine pumping a little bit? You know, Because everybody's very concerned about the, the momentum of this uh, recruiting cycle or lack thereof. And it sounds like in the next 10 days or so, you could have a run of maybe two or three commits, maybe more, but it sounds like two or three is probably a safe number in the next 10 days. And some of them might be blue chippers. So things are starting to turn around and maybe you're getting a, a few commitments that create the momentum that allow for, if you have a good September, you can cash in on this momentum and, and put yourself in a position to have a top 15 or top 10 class, depending upon how good the season goes. Yeah, really quick. I know we got to go to break. Parson is there's not a lot of positive momentum right there. Is there for him right now? Uh, it's well, he was here, uh, and they didn't talk to the media over the weekend. They're not very pleased with the recruiting beat right now. Um, you could read into that what you will. Obviously, there's been reporting on how shaky the status is of his commitment by uh, our staff and, and certainly others in the business. But he was here, and it sounds like for now things are solid enough that he still sees fit to come to campus and engage other players to try to come here to Tallahassee. So I know that's kind of a political answer, but it's not its not him putting up different graphics and stripping Florida State class of 2023 from his profiles or something like that. He's talking to other kids who are committing to Florida State and saying, all right, let's go. So that's where it is. That's a good sign. I like – so the coaching staff had a little bit of a, a little hissy fit. They got, they got a little upset with the – I know, I know. I don't think it's. I don't think it's the coaching staff. I, okay. I think now maybe it is, but I think it's more Parson Camp. But the thing okay. is that the coaching staff is, and this is again Michael's intel, not mine. I'm not going to pretend to be like connected to 17 year old drama. But uh, you know, they are being consistent. They have been consistent with Parson, saying we want to take two this cycle. Yeah, that's not good enough for you. Then get the hell out of here. But yeah, have a good day. Have a good day. That's the reality of the situation we're in is we have to take two. So that's what we're going to do. And they've been consistent. That's the one good thing about this staff is there's there's the times where you say, God, they suck at this position, you know, portion of the recruiting game. They their message is never half assed. They tell you and they communicate clearly what is going to happen. Yeah, I, I, I was going to make a snide comment and I decided to. To take a right turn and not make that snide comment. I agree with you. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. for tuning to it. Good to be with you. And uh, again, looking to be back in the studio Wednesday. Tomorrow, some of the headlines will be 
from our respective homes. Tom will be involved as Corey is on vacation in Chicago. I do believe Ira will join us next hour and we'll get his thoughts on the link Jarrett hire uh, and the press conference more over today. We've already had our thoughts on the link Jarrett hire, which I think was universally uh, beloved. Somebody brought it up in the chat earlier, which was that, um, golly, I know football is king and it's, it's, it's always going to lead the way, but has there been a, a, a more well-received and welcomed hire than Link Jarrett in, in any sport in a long time here at Florida State? I think that's a resounding no. No, this this has been – yeah, I, I don't know how it couldn't be, right? Now now, now all that's left is uh, go play good baseball. And uh, it's going to be a long way from now until we see it, so that's what you got to do. I will follow that up, though, here in a second, Tom. Go ahead and say what you're going to say because I'm going to follow up with – I think the timing of this was also great. Yeah, the way it was handled and how smooth it went is unmistakably excellent. Like it, it, There is objectively uh, maybe no cleaner way to do this if you're going to get Link Jarrett than how Florida State handled the hiring. First class, uh, he's here within days of being eliminated out of Omaha. I mean, well done by everybody involved. The thing I would say about uh, is this as beloved of a hire. Well, at the time, Willie Taggart was lauded by many, including me, and you basically sold out the spring game. People were so in lockstep behind what Willie was doing, and that was, in its own way, a, kind of a magical moment. If you just take away the rest of his tenure, which it's it's hard to not look at, that's unbelievable. That whole stadium was full for oh, him. But the thing yeah. that this comes with is, I think, uh, a better track record of success. And so, therefore, you've got more evidence that this is going to work. In retrospect, Willie's situation didn't have as much evidence, I think, as Lynx does, because he's the prized coaching candidate across the country this offseason, and I don't think there's much argument about that. Yeah, I, the other thing is, is remember, um, we talk about timing of things. People were so embittered and frustrated and saddened and angered uh, to, the, to the greatest of extremes with the way the situation was playing out with Jimbo. Uh, remember, we were on the cusp of having a losing season, had to win the last game just to get bowl eligible. Um, obviously, Odell Hagens takes over, wins that game, wins those last two games. We, you know, all that. But we were in the midst of a losing season with a coach who didn't want to be here, made it abundantly clear that he didn't want to be here, and literally kind of pissed on the faces of fans everywhere that love Florida State every chance he had. Uh, and so, towards that end, when you're challenging people to a fight in the stands, as you're leaving the stadium and the product is garbage and then you basically denounce everything that is beloved by those fans about the university, I think they could have announced Satan as the next head coach. And we would have been like, all right, Satan's productive. If you look at Satan's record, you got to admit he's been around. Satan has done some things. Now, I don't love every aspect of Satan, but Satan will win people over. I mean, look around. Satan has been winning people over for a long time. You get Satan in here, you change your roster. I don't know if he can coach, but he is influential. And the next thing you know, you've got a new roster. So oh, that's kind of. There, there's what uh, Satan would look like, the graphic that's up there. If he was announced, there's his opening press conference. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that would have been great in a way. But look at that. We've done it. We brought in Beelzebub. We care a lot about winning football games. How about that? It's Beelzebub till it ain't. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's good. So I wanted to read this to you really quick. And the headline reads as follows in a story by Mark Polishik. 
Twins pitching coach Wes Johnson hired as LSU pitching coach. So you have a, a man leaving Major League Baseball uh, to be a pitching coach in college, not a head coach, a pitching coach in college. Johnson will receive a $750,000 annual salary from LSU. That, according to a Gleeman and Hayes report, a major increase over the approximate $350,000 a year he was making while being the Twins pitching coach. Sweet Jesus. Uh, Johnson will leave for LSU when the Twins series in Cleveland concludes on Thursday. This this came out yesterday. Uh, so LSU, who's tired of uh, all of a sudden not mattering as much, has decided to give a Major League Baseball pitching coach a $400,000 raise to leave Major League Baseball and come and coach college baseball in the SEC. Now, it doesn't stop there. Apparently, they are, depending on who you believe, and certain sources tell me that they are poaching, buying, in other terms, seven All-Americans out of the transfer portal as well. In addition to that, uh, they've got some corporate sponsorship that is on board with all of this, say a bat manufacturer, if you will, who has decided to throw in their two cents times millions uh, to uh, to help the cause of LSU baseball. Now, to be sure that LSU baseball has cachet that Florida State does not, frankly, has cachet than more than most programs in America. Uh, but, my goodness gracious, uh, we are talking about the game-changing numbers out of, of course, the SEC, and it's not a surprise. I'm not saying Link wouldn't have come here. It's just that I'm glad we hired him now instead of, say, waiting a year to make a move because I have a suspicion that what you're witnessing with this rush of SEC uh, dominance in college baseball and facility upgrades and all of those things that the uh, the more the more money than sense type comment that I talk about on a regular basis has infiltrated down into college baseball as well. Yeah, I still stand by what I said last week that $450,000 for an assistant pool is nice. That, that's good. <laughs> I think that's a good uh, development, notwithstanding uh, what the hell is going on in LSU. Because if you think about it, Seven hundred and fifty k to go poach a an MLB pitching coach to come down to college, okay, that's only the tip of the iceberg when you're talking about the all American level players that they're bringing in. So what are they committing to this next season of baseball? Five million? I mean that doesn't sound absurd. Is it three million? Five million? It's it's got to be somewhere in there. And Tommy White was one of those players that has been tied to in the rumor mill going to LSU. Now I'm not going to pretend to be living and dying on all things college baseball. So maybe that's already happened, and he's put out a graphic that says that he's going to Baton Rouge, but he's not the only one that they are courting heavily to bring out that way. I'm just glad it's not in our conference. Yeah, and I noted, um, I was texting back and forth with a buddy of mine on this, and I and my exact quote, I'm looking at it here because I wanted to see if there was more information on this. Um, here it is. Uh, I wrote, you know, there's so much volatility, especially in college baseball, baseball in general, hard to get ROI in this sport, especially with truncated BS postseasons. Um, and he wrote back, you're assuming they care about ROI. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that, that is that is a fair response, right? They don't care about the return on investment. But, yeah, that is something, right? Um, well, yeah, it's a theory. Uh, I don't know whether this sticks or not, but I would think given the trouble that LSU basketball is in as a program, whether or not it's, you know, 
sanctions or they're just that they're a pariah of the sport right now. I would think if there's discretionary dollars that, you know, football is in a good enough place that that's a machine and you could spend money elsewhere. They already care so damn much about baseball. Yeah. So I wouldn't think it would take much for somebody to shift, especially in, in that market from basketball, which is not as tradition laden. I know they've had some exceptional players see Shaq in their history, but it's not like, you know, they're knocking down the door of a final four every year at LSU and basketball, but they do care greatly. And you can tell from the moment you're within, you know, 1500 feet of that stadium that they care a lot about. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. it doesn't surprise me. You know, it's just, we spread out our money a little bit more around these parts than they do. But I, I think, what FSU baseball used to be in terms of passion around this athletic department, FSU baseball compared to football, is absolutely what it's always been in LSU. It's football and then baseball next. There's no doubt in my mind there. Did we lose Jeff? I think we might have lost him for a moment. I'm here. Oh, there you I'm, go. I'm here. I don't know what happened. Uh, that's funny. I just saw the director write, don't forget about Ben Simmons. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, also saw in there that uh, we, yeah, we do need to mention, uh, and both of us are wearing lightning caps today, uh, that uh, congrats to the Avs. I congratulated them last night on, on Twitter. That was a well-deserved uh, series win, four games to two. And I think I speak for both of us. Uh, never been prouder of the lightning. Um, man, what a run. What a run. And to watch, you know, it's, it's fun. That's the, to be on the right end of things, Tom. And what I mean by that, and we said before the start of the series that when when you've won a lot, um, the, the gravy that comes with that is then knowing when the time ends, it's just time to stand and applaud uh, the uh, and the thanks given for those platitudes, right? Those amazing moments. And so when you talk about the uplifting of a community, the dominance of a sport, uh, and for me and you and others that uh, love the Lightning, the enrichment of our families and friends, all the times we got to go to these games. Uh, shout out to Adam Laws, who works for the Lightning, is a knoll. We want to say uh, yep. doffing to the cap to you, good sir. Job well done. Really, that entire franchise, amazing. Uh, fun to watch. And I had no tears last night. Disappointment. You can't win them every year. Would have been nice to win a third straight, uh, but I'll, I'll live with two and a cup finals appearance in the third and and know that we've accomplished something in the salary cap era that uh, very few have even sniffed. You're going to hear a lot about uh, severe injuries in the next couple of days. Oh, can't yeah, they're beat to yeah, hell. Can't be prouder of the group. I mean, really, yeah. fantastic yeah. run. Good for them, and congrats to Colorado. Yeah, yeah, that's all you can say. So then from there, uh, you know, there's next season. They get healthy, and they go on, and they, and they win next year. <laughs> out of time. <laughs> this is Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV.